Welcome to the Eclectic Collection. Happy Halloween. Today I have a special treat for you. We're going to do a, an exclusive episode five uh, on Halloween day, uh, just to have something neat and safer spooky for you to enjoy so you can have a, a fun, safe story from home. Today's episode is called Episode 5, Five Freaky Features. It is said that some people are very intuitive. I'd like to think that I'm pretty intuitive. I have a fair amount of common sense and understanding people and how they are and character read. But intuition's a funny thing because it's not innate to everyone. And somewhere between, I'll say, one side of intuition and the far other side of actually being a medium or some sort of spirit guide or a psychic, in the middle, there's some... I'll say, uh, turf for being maybe a, uh, potential medium or an empath. And I find that like empaths and people that are generally, um, introverts or quieter or very good listeners are usually susceptible to, uh, feeling senses. I jokingly call it spidey senses more so than people who are intuitive and maybe a little less so than a psychic, but they could potentially develop those gifts. So I have this friend, we'll call her Dina. She is a fantastic stylist and has her own business. And over the years, of course, people talk to bartenders and stylists because they're usually complete strangers that they come to know well. And she is always in a very good rapport with all of her clients. And one thing that she sort of has that I am totally fascinated by is this spidey sense that we jokingly call because uh, she's usually right about things or gets a sense of something. And even in times when it's not a topic or you're not talking about a specific person, she will come out with, oh, you know, I thought of this guy and I don't know, I didn't have a good feeling. And it turns out like that person got sick or they were in a car accident or they lost their job or something awful. Or on the flip side, she'll think a happy thought or, uh, you know, maybe this person crossed their mind and another client brought that person up and she'll think about them. And she sort of concentrates on them a bit she'll feel that, oh, they something good happened. They, maybe they got married or they met someone and they're in a good relationship or they got a raise at work or something. But she's generally right and she's generally uh, keyed in to other people, way more so than I am. Um, the thing that most recently stuck in my head, and I'm talking over the last couple of years, I've watched this uh, develop in front of me, but I'm sure she's had it her whole life was a specific instance where she actually had a client she thought of kind of in a bad way over the last few uh, times. And then the client wasn't in, wasn't coming in, and it turned out that client passed away. And she had the wherewithal to go to the obituaries and find that person's name and sort of find out the hard way. So there are extreme examples, but that's just how in tune she is to people. She's a good listener, and she's a person who definitely knows other people and is a good judge of character as well. But as a result, I think that sometimes it might make her sad or happy or put them in the mood, um, you know, put her in the mood to be like the people's moods. So that's the danger of an empath. But aside from taking on other people's absorptions, um, she is definitely a, um, a good person to uh, talk to and bounce things off of, especially when you want some sort of advice. One of the many benefits that Dina has with this gift is knowing when her four children are up to something or no good, or worse yet, when her parents are up to no good. So it is kind of a comical situation we find ourselves in often. But unfortunately, this one time, it happened to me. So I was uh, with one of her sons who works with me in uh, the 
business that I have doing entertainment and we were getting ready for a gig to come up doing some disc jockey stuff and uh, the guitar uh, expo had come to town and he's a avid guitar player so we went to go see the guitar expo I of course am not skilled in this whatsoever so I was learning as we went and I was just fascinated to read labels and look at cool records while there but he got really intrigued by this one Paul Reed Smith guitar that also I learned is a fantastic guitar with cute little birdies on the fret but hey um so I didn't know much about it and he was schooling me as we went and of course he picked a few up and tried them and he was toying with adding to his uh collection which is fantastic to begin with and extremely impressive of multiple types and styles and shapes of guitars again I was learning through this whole process and he uh, looked at one that was used and uh, cool looking but he was playing with it for a while and trying it out and they had a little station where you could put headphones on and and try things so he kind of got into the zone and while he was doing that I saw that there was a new one that wasn't much more um, that looked even cooler and obviously wasn't used and had an even cooler purple black kind of tint to it and it was much more of a him color than the starburst one he was looking at so while he was in headphone and playing, I made a deal as only I can with the guy and said, you know, let's talk. And we did. And Christmas was coming up and it was a great gift for him because what do you get a wonderful musician other than another instrument by which to play? So I had done that. And at the end of the expo, which we almost got thrown out of because he got so into the zone playing that he didn't even know it was five o'clock and we had to leave. So I packed it up and I told him, hey, look, I got this. Hope you like it. And he was like, oh, you know, it's cool. That's great. So he was all smiles. And uh, we were packing up to leave. And about mm, 10 minutes went by. And his mother was on the phone calling on her way home from work saying, uh, hey, you know, I'm just leaving the shop. You guys uh, okay? You up to something? What are you doing? I got this weird feeling. I'm laughing because I know that there's no way that she has any idea that I just got this guitar for him. I also know there's no way that she had any clue where we were. And he's a terrible liar, I might add. Also a introverted empath, so much like his mother. And Angelo says, well, uh, yeah, it's funny. We uh, just went to uh, a guitar expo. And within seconds, Dina says, and what are you two doing? What are you up to? I can sense it. You're, you're not doing something good. My spidey senses are going off. What are you doing? <laughs> So I jumped on the call and I said, well, maybe you're sensing that I may or may not have gotten something. And she's like, what did you do? <laughs> so it was a funny story and it was harmless, but that was when it kind of came to me that she had the potential to um, know things that you just didn't want her to know. So much for a Christmas present surprise. So that being a modest example, I realized shortly thereafter, and this was a few years ago, that over the time that I've observed this family, they all kind of have it and it must be genetic. I don't know because they definitely each have their own little connection to all things weird, spooky, or at least make you raise an eyebrow. The second example of this was kind of given to me by accident. I was coming back one day from work and I stopped in to say hello on like a random Monday afternoon. And I had never gone on the third level of their house. I had only been on the main level. For some reason, the night before, I had this dream, and it was basically a nightmare. And I had this dream of an attic door, and it wasn't a nice picture. It was dark, and there was some figure. I couldn't tell you what it was. 
Um, had no face, was just like a dark, shadowy figure. Uh, definitely had a terrible presence to it. And it was coming out of an attic door in a bedroom and next to a window on what I thought was her daughter's bedroom. So at this point, it was after school and all the kids had piled in. And I'm telling the story. And as different characters are walking into the kitchen, listening to me say how it really disturbed me. And I feel like there's just something negative up there. And I don't know, it was weird. And Violet, her daughter walks in and Vi says, well, could you describe what you saw or the placement of it? And I said, yeah, you know, I'm not an artist, but if you give me a piece of paper, I can kind of map out the schematic. So they hand me a pencil and a piece of paper and I draw out this little thought that I had and where things were. And they're all looking at it and they're looking at me and they said, uh, you know, you drew upstairs, right? I said, what are you talking about? They said, you've never gone upstairs. And I, I knew that. I hadn't. I said, no. What do you mean? So Vi says, this is exactly my room and the hallway and the window and the door and the attic access is in my closet. You drew exactly what is upstairs, having never been there. That's freaky. Okay, so I admit I was already kind of skitzed out because I didn't know that and I had never been up there and everybody in the family could verify that. Ironically, to date, I still haven't been up there, and yet they tell me that my schematic was almost identical. But what I also didn't know was that uh, Dina and Vi had always had a negative vibe, I'll say, from the attic door, as if it was some sort of portal. Okay, now don't get crazy. Nobody got, like, sucked into the vortex, but they always felt something not right there. If there was any kind of presence or ickiness, it was coming out of there. Uh, you know, if there was a, a bug in the house or if there was a mouse or something, it was going to come through there. If there was a leak or a problem with the construction, it was going to come through there. If there was an air conditioning difficulty, it was going to come through there. It was this as if every negative thing was channeled through this negative spot in the house, almost as if the, the house had this sore or a wound and it was always going through there. And they described it as uncomfortable for them. And it was enough to make me not go upstairs ever, so that's fine. But I did think that it was weird that I had this sense that I had to get her away from that room, from that door specifically, and not go up there. And at one point in the dream, it actually tries to pull whatever this thing is, tries to pull Vi up into the ceiling to like be gone. And that's when I woke up. So that was kind of example two and super strange. So that begets more stories where we're sitting at a kitchen table that often has lights flicker just because, which makes me crazy to begin with. And she has two sons. So her oldest son, Nino, had an experience when I guess he was about 16 or 17 and Angela was like 13 at the time where they were sitting in what became a playroom, like a rec room, off to the side of the kitchen that was an addition of the house. And prior to that, it was the room that they had built for their uh, great-grandfather who had lived with them until he passed back in 2013. Uh, sweet old man, he was in his 90s when he passed, and he lived with them for several years. And he was kind of a prankster, and he always joked with the boys, and they would all go in. All the kids would favor spending time with him in there. So it wasn't a bad presence by any means, but they always felt like drawn to that room, like something was in that room or there was uh, activity, I'll say, in that room. The great-grandfather had passed in 2013, and the youngest and most unexpected child that Dina had 
Olivia, who we like to call Liv, is born a few months later. So unfortunately, they didn't cross paths in this realm, on this earth. But keep that in the back of your head for later. Because I definitely think there's some odd connection there. So this man was always involved with the kids and always involved with the family and uh, played cards with them all the time and used to sneak candy around for them and was just your typical kindly older great-grandfather. So it was nice to have multiple generations in one house. What is interesting is that when he did pass, apart from obvious physical things that they found all over the place, there were just nuances of him throughout in different times. And the boys were in that room, which after they had you know, renovated and turned it into essentially a rec room, they were watching TV in there one night and pretty uneventful. There was a lamp not too far on a table. And the chain to pull the light open had a fob on it. And it was a fairly hefty fob. It had not a marble or something. It wasn't immense weight, but enough that there was some weight of gravity to make the marble on the chain hang so you could pull it to turn on the light. And Nino happened to glance over at one point and saw the chain on the light essentially defying gravity and levitating upward instead of downward in the room. Not having the best eyesight, he rubs his eyes and looks again, sees it. Uh, You should note that he is not into horror movies and the spooky, whereas Angelo is. So he's immediately deathly afraid because spiders scare this guy. And he smacks his brother on the shoulder and says, Angelo, look at this, look at this. You seeing that? So he looks over, sees the marble fob levitating, defying gravity in the same spot. Does a double take. They look at each other. They look back at it. And it does this for, you know, a minute or so and then just ceases. Neither one of them know what to do. And they attribute it to the great-grandfather being funny and playing a trick on them because obviously nothing bad happened, but it was certainly inexplicable. So do what you will with that. But definitely runs in the family. Angelo is much quieter and had the smallest room in the house, which was positioned above the garage. And sort of, I'll say at the end of the top floor, furthest away from the rest of the rooms. And being alone, often after school or waiting for people to come home or whatnot, he was doing homework one random day. And there's always traffic in that house. So he just thought somebody was in the level below him or Dina was putting away clothes or Vi had come in to go to her room or the baby came up to see what was going on and live frequently bust through his door and wants to talk to him or play with something in his room. So he just ignored it like usual. But he thought somebody was there. So it was enough that he poked his head out of his room to say, hey, what's going on? What are you guys doing? Are you down there? And there was no answer. So after five minutes, he says again, who's home? You guys here? What's going on? Bye, you down the hall? Nobody answers. So eventually he goes downstairs, investigates the whole house, all three floors. No one is home. He's by himself. He figures, I don't know, I guess I'm hearing things. Goes back to homework. About 20 minutes after that, he swears he sees a shadow walk by his door. So thinking it's the baby running by or it's 
his sister coming in from school. He's like, bye, you down there? Again, she doesn't answer. He gets up, walks into the hallway, and swears he sees another shadow at the end on the opposite side going through another doorway, which he proceeds to follow. But again, no one is home. So he shares this info with Dina, who tells him, well, it's probably the boy that lives in your room. Okay, what? So allegedly there's a Civil War soldier, but a young one, probably 14, 15 years old, which at the time Angelo was when he discovered this, who would occasionally make himself visible to Dina or at least the presence there within, at least that's what she saw. I'll I'll trust her spidey senses. I don't know uh, to question them after my experience that was taking kindly to Angelo. He just thought he was a nice guy and he would frequent there. Again, nothing bad, nothing negative. He would just sort of show up or move things around or you'd see a shadow or something would go by. And when things were out of place or not necessarily feeling quite right, they generally jokingly blamed him. They call him Matthew, by the way. So allegedly, I don't know that his name was Matthew, but they call him that. Allegedly, Matthew was the one that was the, I'll say, upstairs ghost. Uh, not anything to do with the negative thing down the hall. We still don't know what that entity is. So I don't really know who's flickering lights in the kitchen, but there's definitely room for error in this one because there seemed to be lots of kinetic uh, spirit activity going on there. So as if that's not all shady and strange enough, the last piece had me most concerned, I'll say, in raising an eyebrow. So we're all crazy Italians and we have similar stories and similar backgrounds and lots of uh, similar types of people in our uh, families. And I was telling a story about something my father did playing cards one day or cheating or joking with me about something at the casino and my dad loved to gamble he was he was a pretty avid gambler and we were playing like war in the kitchen or we were playing rummy or something and it was just for fun and the story ended much like a story that they were telling about their great-grandfather and I joked that they were probably playing cards in heaven together or something like that my dad had passed about five years ago and The youngest one, who at this point was about two and a half, almost three. Now, you have to understand the sick intelligence that all of her children have. So they're way above the curve and super, super mature people. The little one's two and a half or three at the time. And she looks at me very straight-faced and says, yeah, your your dad's in heaven. He died. And I said, yeah, yeah, Liv, he did. And she said, uh, and he, he wasn't sick like normal. He had something strange. I said, yeah, actually, that's true. My father, we didn't know it until about two days before, but um, he came down with Lewy body dementia, which is highly, highly underdiagnosed and very terrible. Um, It's what Robin Williams passed away of. And we literally learned about it maybe three days before, courtesy of my sister and her research, but couldn't do anything about it. So I was trying to explain best I could to an almost three-year-old, and again, without missing a beat and very matter-of-factly, she said, uh, yeah, he talks to uh, Pop-Pop all the time. I said, oh, really? She said, yeah, they, they're uh, playing cards right now. Um, Pop-Pop told me. So I just thought, you know, the kid heard us talking and, and that was that. And I kind of dismissed it. It was cute. And clearly she was okay and understood death. So that's a bonus. And 
pretty mature for a pushing three-year-old. So a couple of months later, the family comes to my house for an event. Uh, might have even been around, I think it was around Christmas. I don't even know. They came by and the whole family was there. And there's pictures all over my kitchen. And they pretty much go in order from my mom and dad's wedding to their parents and their wedding photos. And my dad was one of 10. So there was a very large photo of all of the brothers and sisters and their spouses. It was from the 70s and very dated, but they were all there. It was one of the few times that all the siblings were present. And Liv walks over to the picture. She's never met these people. She's never obviously met my father. He passed before she was alive. And she starts left to right, pointing person by person. And although she didn't identify names, which would have been super freaky and I would have left my own house, she begins to say, he's alive, she's dead, he's dead, she's alive, he's alive, she died, he's alive, he's sick, she's dead. It was the weirdest thing. And she was right on every count. Now, how did that happen? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, Tony, red rum, red rum. And I was not very comfortable at that moment in my own house. Dina looks at me like terrified. I'm so sorry. I said, well, no, she's right. I'm not upset. It's just crazy. How would she know? And across the hearth in my kitchen, we have a fireplace we don't use in a big old mantle. There's a picture of my mom and dad from their 25th wedding anniversary. And I was about Liv's age when that happened because like Liv, we were not planned. So I was little, I was like maybe five when they celebrated their 25th. And it's just a cool picture and it's older, early 80s picture. And that was a pretty good shot of my dad who oddly looked like Robert De Niro and made the best you talking to me face that anyone ever saw. I do have his eyebrow, but I didn't quite get the De Niro features. So she says, that's your dad. I said, yeah. She said, you called him Pop. I did. I don't know how she knew it. She said, well, he's playing cards again with Pop Pop. I said, oh, okay. And um, they talk a lot. And he tells me that they play cards all the time. I'm like, okay. So it was just weird. And she's never been wrong. Now, this kid is seven at this point. And throughout the last few years, she's come out with more and more things like that and that have always been accurate. Liv has a silent partner, though. They have a cute little Havanese doggy named Zoe. And um, she sometimes stares into another room, into the void, or will stare into darkness. And they say, whoever the proverbial day is, Children and animals, uh, domestic pets specifically, often know, much like sensing a hurricane or uh, weather change or something off. Lassie's in the well, you know, Timmy's in the well. Um, it, it, they tend to sense spirits or, or presences, I should say, or some sort of uh, entity. And you wonder if, because animals basically can't talk, last I checked, and, uh, you know, kids are innocent, is that why? It's sort of like they get a reveal of whatever it is that adults are too busy to know. So they're uh, often looking at something or nodding or singing to themselves or smiling or whatever. The dog's wagging her tail or she's looking at something. And um, between the dog and Liv, they're always uh, coming up with uh, something that can't be explained or uh, some story. And it's generally 
a positive thing or a good thing that came from presumably their great grandfather. Um, so who knows? Funny postscript to that. When I wrote my second book, it had a spooky theme to it, ominous tales. So I released it around Halloween two years ago, and I had a couple of psychics come by to just be there, and people wanted to talk to them. They could. I hadn't met them before, and they were fantastic psychics. I mean, they definitely were people that had serious clairvoyance ability, bar none. They were coming up with names and dates and things uh, and telling people their stories and really boggling my friend's minds. But when they met Dina, the it was a mother-daughter team, and both of them, without question, told her, you definitely have a gift. You just haven't developed it as much as you could. So you should because it's there. You have a talent naturally beyond what other people could ever do, and you should explore that. And I agree. I definitely think she's uh, got more than just a spidey sense going on. In the meantime, she'll just freak us out and trip us up. If nothing else, I would say that it definitely runs in the family, and her entire family has a... Uh, a sense or an ability unbeknownst to other people. So perhaps they'll cultivate it or at least keep freaking me out. If you are going to go trick-or-treating or you have a little one that's going to go trick-or-treating or family, friends, whomever, uh, just make sure that you do have somebody check your candy. That was something Dad always said to me uh, before you eat it because you never know. Back in the 80s, we used to have scares with people uh, putting things in candy or trying to... Uh, do bad things by way of in the candy. Now we're like afraid of outside the candy and even touching the candy. My, how things have changed. So definitely give a look before you consume any or let the little ones eat anything. Have a happy, healthy, and safe Halloween. If you enjoyed my special edition stories tonight, then check out eclecticcollectionpodcast.com or follow me on your preferred platform. I'm Terry Tanaglia. Thanks for listening.